Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. I'm Jeff Cross, a former Miami Dolphin. I'm a big fan of the Fantasy Jester, and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will, uh, I think they're going to lose to Washington. The Giants will lose to Minnesota. Unfortunately, Big Blue, not good. They won't rebound this week either against Green Bay. No, this is the week. Uh, I think uh, we go ahead and uh, get things back on track. I can see them beating Baltimore. No, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have the firepower. I'm going Giants. In a close one, I really see the, uh, I think the Giants are going to win this one against the Eagles. Monday night, Giants. I'm taking the Giants over Cincinnati. I think we got this one. I, I, have, a, I have a question for you, Jim, and this is a jump in the gun, but I'd really like your perspective on this. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be. How you doing, folks? This is that show. I'll tell you, you hear these kind of predictions here. You hear from both of us, from my co-host, JT. You heard him there talking before the baseball season started about the exact World Series that you would see. You also had myself, who now I am currently uh, nine in Oh, picking my Giants and looking to go 10-0 and this week as we do our picks. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome aboard. This is the Fantasy Jester Show. Oh, no, you didn't. That's right, folks. Brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and a list of other sponsors that I will go ahead and talk about later on. And you can also find on FantasyJesterSports.com, a whole bunch of our advertisers. We love everybody who helps bring you the Fantasy Justice Show each week, not just here and not just on FantasyJesterSports.com, but also check us out. We're over on iTunes, all the podcasts that we do, not just this one, the wrestling show on Wednesday nights, FXE Live. It's under Fantasy Justice Show on iTunes. And also the Gridiron Guys, our Thursday night show, is also listed under Fantasy Jester Show on iTunes. So if you've missed anything, catch up, get caught up, sit back and enjoy. We've got two hours of some nonstop sports stats and a whole bunch of, uh, well, you're going to find out. And, uh, you know, some of those things will include predictions just like myself and JT gave you. And my co-host, JT, He's with me on every show, wherever I go. You can find him on Twitter, Fez437. That's F-E-Z-437. He'll be joining me in a minute. Tonight, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to do my rant, 
and, and I have a, a quick but pretty solid rant this week. Uh, it's about an old adversary, and uh, they, they've popped up out of the blue. I have no idea why they need to go back, but and that's fine. But what we're going to have tonight is also, uh, for those of you new to the show, we helped a young man uh, to the best of our ability. He was having problems fighting the FDA for, you know, uh, some treatment. He's losing his eyesight, 16 years old, now 17 years old. We're going to speak to him tonight because the FDA, we, you know, we were able to help get 100,000 signatures Got the FDA to change everything there, and he's started the treatments, and we're going to hear from him tonight on that and how that whole process is going. So we're really happy about that, and a young man who absolutely loves sports and and a big fan of the show. We're also going to cover Major League Baseball, a little news and notes. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, AL and NL MVP uh, predictions. And you're going to find out tonight what makes JT want to say. Yeah, who's he saying goodbye to? Who's he having a, he's got a little party going on because somebody's leaving, folks. We're going to find out why as we're talking baseball. We've got wrestling tonight, WWE Survivor Series and FXE, the latest news, and a show date. Do we have a show date? Folks, find out what's come about. If you've been paying attention, we've been challenged by AMP and the Hound Dog. The Hound Dog wants to be a part of FXE, and then there's a whole big challenge now going on between AMP and us. We've got a show coming up. That's going to be interesting. Uh, And we've got an update on Joey Cage. We've got an update on Renegade situation and more on that. All FXE. NBA. Does Michael Jordan's eight and three Hornets have what it takes this year? Uh, Are they, are they for real? Are they uh, starting to come on? We're going to ask JT that question. Uh, JT is really, he's in tune with every sport. But if there's one sport in particular I love listening to him on is uh, basketball. Now, on a sport, though, that I pretty much don't listen to a damn soul on is NHL. And we're going to talk tonight. You know, don't look now. The Jesters, uh, New Jersey Devils, they lost today, but they're still 9-5-3, and looking exactly like, you know, I said they would. They wouldn't be as bad. We're not there yet, but we're not as bad as what people thought. We're going to talk about that and some other things in the NHL. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead. Everything NFL. Now, for those of you uh, who missed the gridiron guys this past week, we had a little Internet service provider. Uh, our company was taken over. Uh, we used to run on one company. It was taken over by another company. And in that, we had uh, the, the modem and stuff like that didn't match up and all that crap, all technical crap that I absolutely hate. And uh, so for those of you who were looking for our predictions for this week's games, stay tuned because we're going to bring you the predictions for this week's games. You know, so we're going to talk about every sport like we always do. But, you know, before I bring in JT... I just want to talk briefly. I, I, I do have something to say here about 
you know, we have, I, I got a call this week about, a, a good friend of mine told me, uh, Jester, I don't know if you're aware, but you have, you have a mole or, or a rat or whatever you want to call it. Somebody that is, uh, you know, they're paying attention to what I'm doing and they're reporting back to another uh, wrestling production. And I got to be honest with you. Uh, I guess people really don't know me that well. Everybody expected me to blow up about that. And let me, let me just make it real clear, okay? That person can go back and tell them everything that I'm doing. I really don't care. It'll still be second. It'll still prove that without me, you don't have your own single solitary thought on your own. It'll prove to me that, again, that after 27 years in a business, that I'm only in months, that you feel that you need to keep an eye on what I'm doing so that you can learn. Thank you for flattering me, really. Understand the copy is never as good as the original, and everybody will know whatever idea I have, okay, I'm putting it out there because I've got podcasts, I've got websites. It'll be there first. There's nothing you can do about that. 27 years and you're learning from me. I would be embarrassed. I wouldn't be telling our friends, hey, <laughs> you know what I did? Uh, I listened to what Jester had to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I went back and I reported and I told them what Jester's going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter what Jester's going to do. A, you can't stop me, and B, you can't beat me. FXE, folks, the new and only wrestling production that Florida should be paying attention to. You stay tuned. You tell me if I'm wrong. Let the rest copy. They couldn't shine my shoes. Get the hell out of here. Boy, I tell you. And speaking of somebody that can get me riled up, and here, I'm actually going to bring him in to calm me down. That'll tell you how bad things are. My co-host, everywhere I go, he, folks, I, I joke and I kid about that uh, with JT, good friend of mine, and a, a walking encyclopedia of sports, uh, and really just somebody that you can trust just as much as the jester on your sports info. This is the one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, how are you tonight, man? It's a great Saturday night. We're talking sports. There's snowflakes in the sky, and it's 29 degrees. I'm loving this. That's some free air conditioning right there. What? Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. I get up. I get up this morning to head to the other job, and there's snowflakes in the sky. I'm like, it's just 68 degrees two days ago. No, no, so, no. Go it, figure. Currently, I love it. No, it's currently 64 degrees. It's absolutely beautiful here in D-Land, Florida, folks. I hope it's just as nice wherever you are. But uh, it's 64 degrees, and just before I came on air, I was able from my back porch to watch a rocket launch, and uh, oh nice! It was absolutely yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. What a what a I great! I miss those days. I miss those days growing up in Florida when getting out of school and going to watch the space shuttle launch or you know those kind of things. So yeah, that, those were those were some fun times. 
It's fun. And, you know, one of my favorites, though, it'll always be my favorite, is any night launch. Because now, for those of you who don't know DeLand and where the launch is and all that, it is, I'm about 55 miles from where they launch. And it looks like, even from my vantage point, it looks like the sun coming up as it's first going up in the first like couple of minutes, the first two minutes of the launch, it looks like the sun go, coming up. And then depending on the trajectory that they're sending it on, uh, I either lose it or see it more, or, you know, it, it goes from there. One of the best parts though, and, and for those of you at home, try and imagine this, the rocket goes up and you're out there and you know, you pretty much your neighbors are too. Everybody, it, it, everybody's cognizant that this is going on. And so you're outside and you're watching it and then you start talking with your neighbors and it only takes a couple of minutes. It is literally depending on the size of the rockets that are involved anywhere between seven minutes to nine minutes from where I live, where you start to hear a little bit of a rumble and a thunder. So it's Mm -hmm. really, it's really fun time. uh, And that's what I was doing literally just minutes before uh, I came on it and uh, started getting set yeah, up in the studio. I was watching flurries. I was watching flurries here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, fall down on the lake. So, you know, a little less uh, exciting on my end, but I'm one of those strange people that doesn't own a jacket, doesn't wear a jacket. Free air conditioning fans, I love it. <laughs> well, folks, you know, uh, tonight – We've got a great, you know, here's the great thing about it and what people like and why I think, JT, honestly, a lot of people have asked me, what do I think is why are we growing as fast as we are? Why, why are we gaining in popularity as fast as we are? And I think it's just the wide range that we cover. You know, it's every sport. And it also includes fantasy. It includes wrestling, which has nothing to do with fantasy. We, we cover the sports world. If you like any part of the sports world, really, we've got you covered, folks. And I think that's, uh, that's our main selling point, should I call it? Yeah. Well, that, and I mean, you, you know, you look at the time and preparation. You know, the website has great articles, informative articles that – you know, there's times where I feel like oh, I learned something reading some of these articles. So I enjoy the website. I enjoy talking sports with you. Some of the people we've had on the show, from Jim Rosenhaus to Jeff Cross to Chris Corciani, you know, all former or current professionals in these sports. So, I mean, what more, what, what, what more could you want? I mean, we've had a couple we, – we've had a WWE Hall of Famer on one of our shows. <laughs> you know, so, and that was and, uh, that guy – Hour. Held nothing, nothing back. So, you know, I think that's a lot. It's real. People like real. They can relate to real. And I think that's why we're growing. No doubt. No doubt. And I'll tell you, what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to start flexing that muscle real soon. We're going to talk real quick about Major League Baseball. Then we're going to get to uh, yes. – we've got – Hound Dog calling in and everything with the challenge. We've got an announcement there. Again, we've got Hound Dog. And and one of the things, JT, I didn't mention, and coming in, okay, uh, on the show tonight, 
We sent Everett Lee out there uh, after the Renegade, and uh, he delivered. He did. He did deliver. I'll give him that. He, I mean, that was a good, you know, good point there. Where I wasn't sure that he was going to get that, but now I got to give the man credit. He brought he brought home the goods. Yeah, and a lot happened from that, and he's going to go into it. There was more to it than just what you know. Uh, we gave a snippet of it, and uh, if you go on Fantasy Jester page, you'll see it on there over on Facebook, and you know. There was a lot to it, and and we're going to have him on the show. We're going to let him explain. Uh, he has some interesting information about Renegade and what he sees in him now. So, everybody, you want to go stay tuned to that. Again, we're going to bring in Hound Dog in a minute. Uh, we're going to talk a little baseball just real quick and, and find out, you know, what has JT saying? <laughs> JT, you're doing a dance over there, my brother. I, I, I know it's yeah. hard for you to contain this. Have at it. It, have it at really it. has. Yeah, since news broke, did uh, or should I say former A's owner and cheapest owner in sports history, Lou Wolf, has turned over his all but a very small stake in the Oakland A's to John Fisher. So the guy that wants his major league team to play in a literally a cesspool of feces in the dugout time after time, a stadium that's falling apart, won't pay our own players, doesn't really go out and sign any big free agents, is finally gone. Maybe we can finally get somebody in that realizes you got to spend money to make money. And uh, as a long-time suffering Oakland A's fan, I'm excited for the change up top. So goodbye, Lou Wolf. Hopefully the door hits you in the ass on the way out. Yeah, it is a shame because, you know, back in the 70s, I remember the Oakland A's were a pretty proud franchise. And when I was growing up, I always remember, and, you know, I mean, you're talking about some really great names like, you know, Raleigh Fingers and once once upon a time before he was Mr. October. Reggie. So, you know, I mean, I want to see this. There's so many names that I could go down, Eck and them. And, you know, I tell you, I just want to see that organization go back to what it was. I I really, it's sad to see that. It's sad to see what they, what he's brought to that stadium. I mean, and how the players have to play and under what conditions it's just, how, how MLB has allowed it. Right. And, and the sad part is, looking back, Lou Wolf and uh, John Fisher bought the team April 1st, 2005. Well, it wasn't that a great April Fool's joke on the A's fans. Uh, it, you know, Wolf has been the majority <laughs> owner. He's the guy. We get these guys that, you know, a couple guys, like Sonny Gray, for example, you know, had a bad year last year, but still very good young pitcher. We've already been talking about trading him because they know they're not going to re-sign him when the time comes. Well, now with new blood, should we say, at the top, maybe we can get a new stadium, stay in Oakland, and start signing some of these players. It'll be interesting to see now what happens just in the first uh, offseason here, some of the changes. What, what will be the first changes? You know, will it be the stadium? Will it be the team? It's I just, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, 
to see what a real owner uh, and ownership will do with it. Uh, but like I was saying beforehand, though, is it really makes me question where was not just the MLB, not just Major League Baseball itself, although I do question that. My biggest question is where was the players' union? Letting their players play in a dugout with feces and everything in it. I, I don't understand that. Oh, I mean, Oakland Alameda Coliseum, Oakland, you know, opened in 1968. It had a small renovation. And for you football fans out there, it's the black hole. The Raiders play there as well. I believe the only stadium in, in professional sports that's shared by a baseball and football team at this point. Uh, Oakland wants to bolt, you know, the Raiders want to bolt to Vegas. That's fine. I'd love to see us as an A fan stay in Oakland, get a new stadium. We've been trying, apparently not hard enough, and now maybe there's some change on the horizon. So I'm excited for that alone. All right, all right. You know, listen, we've got, like I said, we've got Hound Dog uh, on the line, folks. And oh. now we've got, we, we, yeah, we got to switch gears, go over to FXE for a second. We've got Hound Dog on the line. And one of the things is that, um, you know, he wants a shot. He wants to prove that, you know, him and his guys at AMP are, uh, I don't want to say worthy, but, yeah, I guess worthy opponents uh, for FXE, you know, to come in and be part of FXE and do some wrestling. You know, they really want to be a part of this. And uh, and I want to run down a beach into my own arms, but that's impossible. <laughs> you know, uh, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring on the Hound Dog because... He threw down I, – I, I, he called. He called us, JT, as you remember, a couple of weeks ago. Right. On the uh, – on FXE Live, he gave us a call and said that, you know, he wants a shot, he wants the opportunity, but now it turns out some of his other guys want that opportunity. So we've, we've put together a date. and let, Let's get him on here first. Hound Dog, my brother, how are you today? <laughs> Well, good. I'm uh, I'm alive and kicking. You know, just uh, had a great show last night in uh, Okeechobee, Florida. Yeah. Took a little name, kicked a little ass, won again. That's what <laughs> champions and winners do. Here's yep. one of the things, JT, and uh, I'm about to spring something on him. Uh, yeah, he looked sharp last night. He didn't notice the guy in the baseball cap, okay, in the back row with the sunglasses. How do you <laughs> miss that beard, hound dog? No, I didn't have. I wasn't really paying on, attention. Obviously. I had, I honestly, I wasn't really paying attention. I had, I had a present concern. Uh, when I go into work, when I go into work, I gotta work. Chuckles, Chuckles ain't no joke. Chuckles in the ring ain't no joke. That guy's a little. I thought I was cuckoo. That guy's crazy too. <laughs> Chuckles was good. Chuckles was good. He, uh, I, but I, I knew from watching you before, though, I, I had a good feeling where that one was going to go. And congratulations on a, on a nice, match. yes, very nice. Well done, well done. Oh, so uh, that's all expected from me. <laughs> now we've got our own little thing, uh, and we're going to meet up Christmas. Uh, this is our little Christmas get-together that we're going to have 
December 3rd, correct? Hmm. December 3rd, Amp Wrestling presents Christmas Bash. It's the night where Christmas can get a little violent and at the same time enjoy the best sport ever, professional wrestling. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting night because what we're going to do is, I guess, Amp, uh, you guys have a couple of matches of your own, right? Your, what, what, are yes, the, uh, matches that, what are the two matches that are your own besides the ones that we're going to talk about? Well, you know, you know, we got, we got. Uh, I guess, I guess you guys look at them as qualifying matches. I don't look mm-hmm. at them as qualifying matches. I'm looking at them as the matches to watch. Powerful Taino, straight from Puerto Rico, going against the Samoan lookalike, <laughs> as I call him sometimes, because he looks Samoan, but he ain't. Another Puerto Rican named Warm. If you don't watch what you're doing, you're gonna see the flowers. Then you got. Everyone's hero, Nick Nero, versus the shooter, Mason Price. Mm. You, know, you got two nice. top matches right there. And it's not including the main event, which is Mr. Renegade, what is he, six foot nine? Versus yeah. the international man himself, the Puerto Rican hound dog. You know, you guys fail to realize that as much as you guys look at this for me to pretty much stick my door, you know, stick myself through the curtains and make your roster, it's 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 a no brainer. You got yourself not only an international cha- star, but a champion. Because I went to London, and I became champion. In Puerto Rico, I was champion. And here in Florida and the United States, I've been champion. Championships is what you look for in wrestling sometimes. Not only just the glitz and glamour of being the best, but guess what? Championships make you the best. Yeah, you got to have that hardware, okay? And I can promise you, you know, folks, you hear it here first. December 3rd, the Christmas Bash, uh, Amp Wrestling putting on a show, and FXE doing an invasion of this Christmas Bash. We're going to join the party, and uh, we're going to have a little fun. Now, I understand you've been all over the world, and I I respect that, okay? But understand one thing. When, When we come, I'm going to bring some of the best wrestlers that have been out there. They are wrestled some of the best talent out there i'm going to put you in the ring no doubt i want to see what you do you and renegade are going to square off on a match that is going to be timed you're going to have a time limit to beat renegade and we're going to talk about the actual uh some of these matches that are going to be between amp and fxe to see He's who, who actually you got Richie Pepper, Pepperfield, a guy. Pepperfield's going to be there, bro. This is a guy who left professional baseball to come into pro wrestling because he already did the best he could over there. You feel what I'm saying? You got guys like that. Talent. The best talent in Florida. I'll tell you, well, that, that's yet and he's to be going determined. against one of, what, I guess, an FXC guy that you guys signed, or Joey Cage, Johnny Cage, whatever his name is. Well, here's that's what good. we've got. That's good. And, and we can go down the lineup. You know, that that's fine. We can go down the lineup because here's the thing. Pepperfield, you're right. Richie Pepperfield, folks, is going to be against Joey Cage. Joey Cage, that's if we can get him back. Uh, we, might have to, we might have to go ahead and change that matchup yet because Joey Cage has until uh, Wednesday to uh, get his promo to us. Uh, and we'll talk about Joey Cage later on. Uh, but, yeah, no, we're going to go ahead. We've got Pepperfield. 
you've got yourself. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and here's, here's what I want you to think about. How many of your men do you think you're going to need to take out American Giant? Now, please do me a favor. Make it more than two. Make it, make it, it can't be one for sure. But, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. No, you know what? I'm going to call it. I want you to bring three of your men, and I want any one of those three. <laughs> you like this, JT? Oh, you you're, I didn't realize you're bringing American Militia into this. This is going to get good, see? No, no, yeah. See, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to bring American Militia, seven foot three American Militia, and I'll tell you what. Here we go, dog. You know, you guys want to talk, and I've I've already heard some chirping uh, through a friend of mine out of the West Coast there, and uh, I don't know how much you guys should be chirping. Chirping? I got to, yeah. We're not birds over here. We don't use chirp. Barking? We speak Barking? like men. The Barking. chirping is for little kids. Maybe on the East Coast, that's what they do. They chirp. Where I come from, we talk. And not only we oh. talk, we show what we can do. We put our money where our mouth is. Well, you've been about sure you 99.9% of, of the time. I'll bring yeah. three of them. They won't chirp. They won't chirp. Maybe an American yeah. militia, even though he's seven foot three, if he can find himself to the ring, maybe uh, he'll be uh, chirping himself when he's down on his back. Losing. Yeah, all right. All right. Listen, I'm going to. Losing. All right. Losing? Losing. All right. Listen, yes. folks, I'm going to yes. go ahead. No, no. We're going to talk more on Wednesday. I've got to cut this right here, okay? He's out of his gourd. He's out of his gourd. You know what, folks? I'm going to tell you right now. December 3rd, Port Ritchie, Florida. Don't miss it. I'm going to bring American militia, seven foot three of them, and I don't care. Bring three guys. Three guys against American militia. I'm going to tell you right now, JT, militia's got this. I'm going to tell you right now, militia's going to get this, okay? And, And, folks, Tune in Wednesday. We'll, we'll get the dog back on here. He, he seems to be he, – he's out of his mind. I, I, I really think – I think he thinks he has a chance. That's okay. the best part. Yeah. I think he, he thinks – He sounds uh, like – And his men. He hasn't, he hasn't seen wow. what we've got. Uh, and the idea that militia going to go down? Right. Militia on his back. I'm not feeling that. Uh, and it didn't sound like Renegade was getting a lot of uh, respect there either. Well, if you notice one thing, Renegade got absolutely zero respect. Absolutely zero respect. And it should be interesting. You know what? Let me, as we talk about this, and let's stick with FXE first, and then we'll go to WWE. I was going to start with WWE uh, and then go to FXE. But let's stay with FXE for a second, and let's get Everett Lee on the line. I just dialed him up, and um, let's get him on the line because – I want to hear what he has to say. I mean, Hound Dog lost his mind, okay? Like I said, first of all, disrespecting disrespecting Renegade. Now, disrespecting, now wait, a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's be fair about something. You know, I actually sat back and listened to more of that than participate for a reason. It doesn't sound like Hound Dog ever had a mind if he's talking like that, let alone lost it. I don't think he ever brought it with him to begin with. I mean, that's I don't just get talking his deal. crazy right there. No, I don't, I don't get, get his it deal. At all. Okay, so far, he's disrespected Renegade. He's disrespected American Militia. Okay. 
that that's a whole nother one. Disrespected American militia. And then on top of it, then on top Johnny of it, Cage? okay. Who's Johnny, Johnny Cage? Cage? I'm going to tell you one thing. Okay, listen. And going on to Joey Cage, and real quick as as I'm waiting here. All right, I got to redial in a second. All right, we're going to bring Everett Lee in in a second, but. Johnny Cage, so that he knows, Joey Cage is an undefeated MMA guy who's turning to wrestling. Johnny Cage, or as some of them know, Joey Cage is not a joke. While he's in a lot of trouble with us right now, and here's the thing, too. that I say this as he is in a lot of trouble. You know, Joey Cage thinks that because he was an MMA star, it buys him cred here. Buys him nothing here. No. And no, Joey Cage, you're out there listening. This is business. I have asked you for a month for promos, pictures, and such. Two weeks ago, I told you you were suspended. Two weeks is up by this Wednesday. Now, I don't know if you think that because uh, I think you're a nice guy and all that stuff, okay, and that I actually do like your work, that I'm going to allow what goes on just because you've walked in the door. You got another thing coming because I can promise you, you will be out of FXE if we don't hear from you by this Wednesday. This is your opportunity to make it big. This is your last warning. I will not ask you again. The last thing you'll hear is you being fired on Wednesday if I don't hear and get my promo work. Thank you. All right. We're dialing Everett here. And uh, look who's back on the line. Hold on. Before I dial Everett, hold on. We've got an out-of-his-mind hound dog back on. Hound dog, did you re- did you regain your sanity, my brother? What sanity? You you guys make it seem like I'm so evil. I, I will, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I do not I do not take away credit where credit is due. Yeah, you have Renegade and American Militia that were both trained by one of the greatest of all time, the great Malenko. Heck, I know most of the students from there. I know Jody. I know Joe. I know Dean. You guys make it seem like I don't know where their bread is buttered or what they've done, but guess what? You guys just seem to forget that I might be just a tad better than those two guys there. I've been with some of them. The you think has been former WWE uh, superstar Gene Snitsky? What about yeah. Manu, Alpha's son, Alpha Jr.? Well, did you get those guys? JT, you hearing oh, this, right? Oh, right, wait, wait, what about what about, what about Cruiser Wrestling Classic star Sean Maluda, who just competed against Ibushi and had one of the best matches of that tournament? But you think I've never competed against them? See, that's the problem. You guys did a little yeah. bit of a homework, but you didn't go straight that's down Melissa. the line. Hold on, JT, yeah, what? Against, uh, Kevin Nash, NWO fame Kevin Nash, Outsiders fame Kevin Nash. That's a, that's a pretty big name there in itself. Oh, I'm not saying that. That's great. I applaud the man who went against Kevin Nash at the Outsiders. Did he win? 
or did he get his butt whooped? I I am no. I am going to go ahead. What, I tell you what, like oh, I said, Hound Dog. Yeah, I'm gonna put militia up there. No, 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 I'm just gonna put militia up there. Brother, Three guys. Brother, y'all assume my bark is not as strong as my bite. Well, Three ninety one in the ring. Most bark have the least bite, is what I've known because oh. they're trying to cover something up. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to reserve judgment on this. I've seen your videos. Oh, I've seen you. I've seen you, Hound Dog. I've watched some of your stuff, and you're insane, man. You got some crazy stuff. How many 300 pounders do suicide per row? I don't need someone to throw me through a football throw myself. All right. All right. Hold on now. Hold on. All right. I got to cut him for a second. I'm going to cut JT for a second. I'm going to cut both of you. I'm pulling the car over. Don't make me pull the car over. All right, guys? Listen. Alan Dog will be back on. He'll be back on Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about this a lot further. Obviously, this is going to be fireworks. Port Ritchie, Florida, December the 3rd. Doors open at 6, first bell at 7 o'clock, and uh, first knockout being uh, delivered real soon, shortly thereafter. By FXE, folks, I can tell you right now. We're not going to stand for this, and I can promise you one thing. I will be bringing the Renegade. I will be bringing, you know, because Renegade and I, uh, we started having everything. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, um, you know, and hopefully I'll be bringing my little prodigy that I keep talking about, Joey Cage. Real fun time, though, real fun. I'm looking forward to it, really looking forward to Hound Dog. And, uh it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, a little practice match, a little something before FXE shows start. You'll be able to see some of our guys in action, folks. Let me go ahead and bring JT back in. JT, I'm going ahead and I'm dialing right now Everett Lee. Okay. And let's see. Everett, my man, are you there? Everett Lee. You sure you didn't dial yeah. Busy J? Well, let's see. I think I dialed the right number. Well, I guess maybe not. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. I'll tell you. Nope, this is Everett Lee's number. Let's see. Let's try one more time. Everett. Everett Lee. Are you there? Yes, I am, Jester. JT. How y'all doing? Everett. Now? What's going on, buddy? Oh, not Sir. much, not much. Just enjoying the program. Um, really, really, really interesting with uh, Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah, really Puerto Rican hot dog talking a lot. And, you know, what we're going to do is yes. uh, let, let me give a little background for those of you who uh, don't know Everett Lee. Folks, he's a, he's a guy who has his own podcast for a while now, and I, I followed that. And we ended up talking, we ended up meeting, we ended up talking, and uh, he expressed interest in joining FXE and becoming a part of us. So we threw down a challenge to him after everything that has gone on with Renegade. uh, We threw a challenge to him uh, to go get an interview with Renegade. He's gone out, he's gotten that interview, and uh, we're real proud of that. Shocked that you did. but you also, Thank I you. guess, have a little history uh, with Renegade. So what's up? Uh, you know, first, welcome to FXE. Yeah, and thank also, you. Yeah, yeah, no, welcome. 
Love your work. Great job on that one. Looking forward to more. Like I said, I've seen other other work of yours, and having that come to FXE, I'm really happy about that. But, uh, you know, besides joining FXE, also tell me a little bit about uh, what you know about Renegade. Well, I don't actually know where to start, though, but I could say that a few months ago I ran into uh, Renegade. And on the podcast that you mentioned that I do the podcast, I figured, you know what, I've I've talked and interviewed indie filmmakers. Uh, I've interviewed actors, indie actors, actresses. I needed a wrestler to talk to. So I asked Renegade to come on. Renegade came on. And things didn't go so well with uh, a guy I have on my show named The Menace. He ended up jumping Renegade up. Not once, but twice. I don't he, know. Hold on, hold on now, him. hold on. He jumped, he jumped Renegade? Renegade. Yes, yes. This guy jumped Renegade. He busted in my studio. He tore up my studio. You don't know how many times already I've had to remodel and put money into building my studio oh. back up twice after having oh, a, a brawl in my studio. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it, I know. It's it's ridiculous, but when after after uh, rebuilding my studio, I started I started uh, following Renegade. I started following him after the couple of run-ins and the brawls here in my studio. I started following Renegade, and I seen where he came on for the contract signing with him and America Militia at your studio there. FXE headquarters there, and when what he did, that just that surprised me. Him just slapping you, ripping up the contract, and brawling outside with American Militia. That really, I was like, this is not the renegade that I talked to before. So I contacted you, or you contacted me. I can't remember because I still got jet lag from uh, Miami. <laughs> but we we talked. And you sent me to Miami. You found out Renegade uh-huh. was out of Miami. And me personally, I had to find out myself from Renegade. I had to ask the guy what what the deal was with the slap bird around the world. So I took a flight down there. I set mm-hmm. up my camera equipment backstage there. I'm setting it all up. And, of course, the Renegade, you've seen from the footage, footage speaks for itself from what I salvaged, and I'll get to, get to that in a minute. Footage I salvage. Everyone's seen it. I asked Renegade about the slap around the world. He cocked an attitude at me. The mood yeah, is just yeah. so different. The mood with this guy, man. It's like he has a chip on his shoulder. And he shoved me. Knocked so me down. So it's gotten worse, you're saying, as you've gotten yeah. home. Yes, yeah, oh, so it's gotten worse. It, it's gotten worse. I don't know what, what, what it is. I don't know if it was the ring bell or the chair shots he took that's just changed the mood. I have no idea. But after what no one seen was afterwards when I said the uh, the footage that I salvaged, when after he called you out and said everything he said about you, yeah. Jester, he took my camera and he smashed it. He destroyed oh, it. No. And I had oh, other no. equipment there too. He destroyed he? everything I had. He just went he just went ballistic. 
$1,700 worth of, like, footage and equipment, I mean, just all together, $1,700, just oh, all in. This stuff I want. This is, this is where he's I got at. An answer. I got an answer to this mystery right now, guys. Jester just yeah. has that effect on people. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JT, yeah, I know you mentioned uh, when Jester talked about me about interviewing, I'd be right. like Jonathan Coachman. Well, exactly. Jonathan Coachman would not have went down and survived no, the right. assault from what Renegade did because <laughs> unlike Jonathan, I am not a uh, – as the – as the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock would call Jonathan Coachman a walking popcorn fart. I am not that. Mm. Well, you know, wow. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to talk to you here. You know, I actually have two questions for you. Well, first, actually, yes. one's a question. The other's more of a of an observation. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. at least a six and a half for your form when Renegade hit you, but you went off mm-hmm. camera, so I wanted to. Did you stick the landing? Did I stick the landing? Well. I did fall back on some some uh, equipment that was backstage there, and then when I was getting up, I noticed Renegade destroying all my equipment there. So oh, cool. I think, uh, yeah, I, I'd give myself a, probably about a five or a six. Or, yeah, I'd well, give I myself a six say, for I the landing, the bump to I took. <laughs> Thank i got to give it to you. You're right. Coach never would have stepped into that situation, so no, you're already east of the mic for that. Never, nah, never. Nah, you did coach, a good job. Coach, Nah. Well, let's, let's, you know, yeah, Coach I, tucked his I, camera with ESPN anyway. Oh, listen, definitely, let me tell you, folks, if you haven't seen anything of what's going on, go ahead, Fantasy Jester Facebook page. You get to see the interview by Everett Lee, and you're going to get to see a lot more. Uh, I'll put some of his uh, work also on the FantasyJesterSports.com site, the FXE portion, and uh, you'll get to see some of his work there. Everett, really looking forward to working with you more. Uh, and again, yes, welcome yes. to FXE. Hang on, brother. Have fun and enjoy. Uh, but again, welcome aboard. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jester. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this growing organization that will take Florida by storm with Fantasy Jester and JT and the rest of the roster in the FXE locker room. We will take FXC to the next level. And thank you yes. so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Glad to have you. Folks, that was Everett Lee on the line. And, uh, he's yeah, he's a great, great addition. And he doesn't mind you. That's what I wanted back there. Backstage, you have to have a guy that, that – and that was, that was why I think that was perfect sending him with the renegade is because you have to have a bulldog back there. You really can't have a, a, a guy that can be easily intimidated and right. sending him out to the renegade is probably about the best way well, to make sure exactly. that, you know, yeah. And let's look at it this way. It's only, it only, it only gets easier from there as far as the interviews go in my, in my book. So, I mean, you already went against a third interviewed renegade, so it doesn't get much harder than that. What we want to do is uh, switch up gears. Uh, we have on the line, uh, we have another caller on the line. Folks, a couple of months ago on the Fantasy Justice Show, we had a young man. His name is Gary Ruat, And at the time, he was 16 years old. He is now 17 years old. 
And he has a degenerative eye disease that is causing him to go blind. And how we got involved and how we took notice of it, you know, uh, we do a lot of charity work, you know, and uh, by charity work, I'm not just saying giving the amp guys an opportunity to wrestle with us. Um, but we do a lot of charity. <laughs> I was waiting for you on that one, JP. I was trying to bite my tongue on that one, but you got me there. I gotta give you that. <laughs> a little charity work, uh, having uh, amp wrestle with us, but no, honestly, uh, what happened was, is, uh, we, we, we do a lot of charity work. We work with make a wish and Royal McDonald house and, and, and a bunch of others. And, now, we stumbled upon the story of Gary, and what was happening was, is as this young man's losing his eyesight, the FDA is telling him that they will not allow him to go for the uh, treatment that he can get because simply he's not 18 years old. And, you know, we talked about the, uh, the frustration that, you know, he must be going through and for you parents out there, we talked about what the parents, how difficult that must be to watch your child go through that. And, uh, you know, we've had some good news. Obviously, the FDA, uh, uh, after a thousand signatures on change.org, got FDA's uh, attention and was able to get Gary into the program. And he's on tonight to talk about now, get us caught up to speed. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get him on. Gary Rua, how are you tonight, sir? Good. How are you doing? Hanging in, man. Hanging in. We are excited. And, you know, a lot of our fans have uh, been asking how you're doing and wanting to know. And as we get closer now, remember, folks, FXE also, our first televised uh, matches a portion of those proceeds are going to go to Gary for uh, his medical expenses for what he's going through. And, you know, Gary, right now you're having to travel uh, on a regular basis uh, for these treatments. So first let me uh, start off with uh, how did you get the, how did you get the, was it a call? Was it an email? Was it a letter in the mail? How did you get the news that the FDA had changed their mind? Um, yeah, the they emailed my parents. It was in aug- late August. They emailed us telling us that we got accepted into the trial. And we didn't know if it was in Atlanta or Philadelphia. And then a couple of weeks after that, uh, they told us that we were going to go to Philadelphia for the trial. Okay, so you go to Philadelphia for the trial, and you go up there and uh... – you know, fill us in. What happened? Do they did they examine you? Uh, do you have to keep going? Uh, what what goes on now once you go up there? Um, yeah, our first appointment was October. It was like the tenth of October, and then we went back two weeks after that, and I got the shot for my eye. And October nineteenth, I got the shot, and then two weeks after that, we went. And two, we just went uh, about a week ago, and then now we go December 10th again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now these follow-up visits, are they giving you other shots, or is it just to monitor the how, you, how you're doing? Yeah, there's one shot that they did in my uh, in one eye, 
mm-hmm. and now the rest of these are checkup visits to just monitor uh, my vision and how if it's progressing or not. Okay, now, and you've been going to these, and your last visit, how, how, what are they saying? How, are we seeing anything yet? Um, yeah, about a, it's been a month since the shot, and okay. my last visit a week ago, uh, I actually, there was some progress, progression in my vision. Oh, uh, wow. nice. Okay, good, good, That's good. good. Now let me ask you something. Now, uh, what it, you were at, and you were counting distance by fingers, correct? Yeah, my right eye. It was that finger counting at about three feet. I could count okay. fingers with my right eye, and my left eye is about mm-hmm. twenty over eight hundred. So that was like it's a different eye chart, but they okay. measure it. Uh, they they measure it differently. But it's mm-hmm. twenty over eight hundred, so I could count number or letters. But okay, yeah. All right, so that's good. And now, um, how many more visits are they expecting you to uh, have to go up there for? Um, there's about six more visits. Six more visits. So, you know, yeah. folks, you, you're listening to this, uh, and this is something that. You know, we were very serious about, very, very scared for you, and I'm so happy that you're that you were able to get the treatment, and even more happy that we're starting to see progress, folks. You know, right. absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I, except for some of your choices in teams, I mean, you're you're right. you're we really good. You're a really good guy. Yeah, we can't we can't help with that. I mean, there's only so much that science can do. But, yeah, um, we're thinking about sending you a Seahawks jersey last week. Uh, you know, I figured you might want to get one of those and wear that after Sunday night. But you know. <laughs> uh, good thing you didn't. That would have been gone in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great, Gary. Thank you so much for that update. We're gonna have you. We'll call, have you call in again in a couple of more weeks. Uh, maybe either just before or just after Christmas. And uh, congratulations on the great news uh, and getting the uh, getting the improvement going. And thank you very much for calling in, Gary. Yeah, thank you for everything. Uh, you have a great night. You have a great night. God bless, folks. You know, there's a there's a young man, absolutely fantastic young man. I had the opportunity to talk with him for a while when he was here in the studio. Mm-hmm. I I really, you know. He's the kind of guy that you just like. He's a likable kid. He's yeah. a nice kid. Likeable and, kid. And I can only imagine the stress level has that it has, you know, kind of that weight lifted off him him and his family's shoulders that he's able to have this opportunity. That in itself has to has to improve the quality of, of his day, you know. So I'm happy for him. You know, it's uh, you know, when you get that kind of news Okay, he was there at the doctor last week to hear that you're getting improvement. You know, I, I've got goosebumps as I'm talking about it right yes. this second. You know, you get that kind of news just before Thanksgiving. You know, something to be, thankful to be thankful for about this year. This year, yeah, as the, as the improvement continues, uh, just so happy for that family. And, uh, yeah, you know, it is quite a strain. They are super people. His parents are just lovely, lovely people. Seem his, like uh, sister, you know, Yeah, his sister's great Justin, kid. I want to I take a chance. Yeah. I want to take a chance to throw out there 
everyone that signed that petition, it, it changed, was it change.org? It, you guys are helped made that responsible. I mean, it was over a hundred thousand signatures. So yeah. you know, all you out there that signed that, you guys have just as much, uh, you know, should feel proud about that. Look what you've done for somebody and their family. So uh, definitely something to feel good about. A hundred thousand people joined together to help one young man. Folks, for those of you who think that if you don't stand up for something and believe in something, okay, that you can't make it happen, this was the FDA. There was a limited amount of time, and it still got done. Thank you so much. You know, we are so grateful this Thanksgiving for everything that's going on with Gary, his family, and like I said, JT, our first televised uh, wrestling show, a portion of those proceeds will be going to the Ruat family. While they are wonderful people, they are having to constantly take off and go to Philadelphia every couple mm-hmm. of weeks now, and they drive there, and they drive back, Ooh. okay, each and every time, and that can't be easy. So, again, no. Fantasy Jester, FantasyJesterSports.com and FXE is going to join together. And, like I said, our first televised wrestling show, proceeds of that show will be going to the Ruat family and Gary Ruat. So, we're really happy. And we want to I, – I think the best thing I can do is give a round of applause to the fans of the Fantasy Jester show that helped join that fight thank you everybody we still have a little bit more work to do this hasn't been easy financially on that family we will help them as well and uh let's go ahead let's continue back on the uh sports and everything that we're doing here as uh we continue on in this next hour we're coming up on the nine o'clock hour we still have plenty of sports to go you know, I, I really wanted to talk a little bit about my Jersey Devils there, JT. You know, uh, nine, five, and three. They're not exactly what everybody thought they would be this year. <laughs> no, no, I got to give you that. They're, they're definitely not people predicted them to be. Um, and we know, we know your affinity for the Devils franchise. You know, to me though, if you look in the in the East, the Metropolitan or the Atlantic Division, you know, we mm-hmm. got to talk about Montreal. What about Montreal? Thirteen and three. I mean, that's something to talk about, right? Uh, the Rangers, thirteen and five in the Metro. Uh, I can't talk about the Rangers much without. I know you can't. I know sick. you can't. That's why I threw them out there. <laughs> but yeah, and I'd like to throw them back out. Um, the I, I think all right if. My devils aren't the story. And to me, like I said, the team was expected to still be under 500. They're over 500 right now. Uh, They're going to take a hit now with Hall being out for a little bit. Schneider playing uh, the way Schneider plays. One of the people that, you know, folks, remember, we have some depth in net. Okay. Kincaid in net is actually out playing Mm -hmm. Schneider right now, which is just, uh, a great, great thing to have to be able to have two goalies that playing well, give your main guy that break and know that you're not missing a step. Do we need more scoring? Yes, we need more scoring. No kidding. But like I said, we weren't going to be as bad. I think my surprise really is going to go to 
Montreal uh, and how they've been able to keep that record, uh, even with uh, a couple of missed games there by Price and whatnot. But it's uh, well, and since you and since you don't want to say it, let me say it: mm-hmm. seventy-four Go goals scored by the Rangers so far this year. The next best team has sixty-two. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear it, but it's true. Must be, he must have focused. I'm sorry. Oh, hello. Oh, uh, FXE Live. How you doing? We're taking calls. Oh, I'm sorry. What? He was watching the Devils game, and he fell asleep. They're that boring. 41 goals to 38 allowed so far this season. Boring. Hey, 41 listen. Goals. You know what? Let me tell you something. I hope we're boring because I remember for years there, everybody talking about how boring the Devils were and what kind of boring brand of hockey is this as we were winning Stanley true. Cup after Stanley Cup. You are so, right. You are right. Of course, I you had boring. 1A or 1B, the greatest goaltender of all time in that at that point, too. Yeah, and uh, I can get uh, – all right, I can put – as a bunch of you know out there, because of my records and picking the Giants, you've, some of you have learned recently that I can remove my heart. Thank you. Um, yes. How you doing? Uh, no, no, no. How you doing? Uh, no, my Giants. How you doing? Been watching for years. How you doing? Uh, but honestly, I'm able to remove my fandom from my evaluation of my teams, and I'm sorry – I will gladly debate anyone. And if there's anybody out there who would like to come on air and debate me on whether or not Martin Brodeur is the greatest of all time, he is the GOAT, I will be more than glad to sit and have that debate at any given time with anybody. All right. Please get a hold of me if you would like to do that. And if you have any cojones, you'll come on air and do it. Martin Brodeur, without a question, greatest of all time, folks. Um, no, as now, much as it kills me to say, the Rangers' offensive uh, game is strong right now, and uh, that is the story in the Metropolitan Division. Now, as far as well, uh, the Eastern Conference, though, yeah, it's got to be Montreal. Is a lot stronger. Chicago's running away in the West. At least yep. they look like the cream of the crop. But, you know, I want to actually give you props for something else we talked about before the season began. And you did Uh-oh. an article about why San Jose was going to struggle this year. And I'm looking at him out the gate, 9-8, and eight, 39 goals for, 39 goals against. That does not look like a Stanley Cup team. I, uh, you know, it is his norm. It is whatever. I, I, there's something about that man that can get the team fired up that first year, but that second year, okay, they every team. Now, this isn't the first team. This isn't the second team. This is the third team that this is happening to. And, you know, you take a look at some of the inside the numbers, okay, um, they are currently 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Their goal differential is zero. Right now, the goals for goals against is 39 and 39. Okay, they're okay at home. They're five and two, but it's on the road that they're just five and six. And last year, they're a little bit they were a little bit better on the road than they are right now. So yeah, they're mired at nine and eight total uh, as a record. Okay, and not really looking very strong. 
you know, you take a look at the Devils, and I'm sorry, I, I hate to go back and do this to everybody, but currently, right now, there is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six teams that have a better record than the New Jersey Devils. Six only have better points for, better total points, and the Devils have some games in hand. Like, I'll give you a hint. Tampa Bay has 25 points on the season, okay? Right now, my good old Devils have 21, okay? But there's also a game, two games in hand. Right, So right. It, I, 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 that's what I'm saying is the, they are up in the top quarter of the league right now, the top quarter. The well, Jersey they're, they're Devils, let me rephrase that one for everybody. The New Jersey Devils are right now in the top one quarter of the NHL standings. But, that's not where anybody thought. Well, you brought it up for San Jose, so I've got to be fair here and bring it up for Jersey. 6 0 yeah. 1 at home, 3 5 and yeah. 2 on the road. The road games seem to be your bugaboo at this point. You're, you're on the road games. At home. Yeah, because on the road, and it's, of course, that's the way it's supposed to go when you have a team that struggles scoring but is good defensively. Okay, right. at home, they're good defensively, got the power game, got the, got the goaltending going, okay. On the road where you're going to have to score one more goal at least per game, on average, you have to score one more goal at least, one and a half it is actually, on the road. So when you have to score one and a half more goals on the road in order to win and you're a team that struggles to score, that's where you're going to get hit the most, folks. And that's what's well, going to be the story of the Dirt Jersey Devils season as exactly. they continue to get better under Ray Shiro's uh, leadership. I don't know. That's, that's where we got. Well, NHL. Quick, while we're on hockey. Yeah, go ahead. While we're on hockey, real quick, snapshot. Mm. Who wins the Eastern Conference with what you're seeing right now you had to pick a winner for the Eastern Conference today to represent the East in the Cup. Who is it? Tampa. Wow, okay. I can see that. I mean, strong, what, 12, 12 and 6, I believe, 12, 6 and 1. Uh, even with the Stamkos injury? Stamkos injury. Stamkos injury didn't stop them last year. You know how many people were saying that they didn't need Stamkos back? Look at how far they got without Stamkos and all that. Yeah. yeah, look at how far they got without him. So here's here's what's going to happen. They'll go ahead, uh, and they're going to do fine. They'll do fine without Stamkos. Stamkos will come in, okay? He'll be average when he comes back and all that stuff, okay? Because that's what he was last year when he came back. He wasn't Stamkos of what we had at the beginning of this year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if you're a Lightning fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He could have stayed out after he came back. And, you know, the thing is this, though. It makes you wonder, will they move Bishop? I want to see what happens defensively for this team. You see, they've got plenty of firepower. Will they go ahead, because they've got a competent backup, a guy who can be the starter, a guy right now who should be the starter on, I'd say, at least a dozen teams in the NHL. Well, they move Bishop for that veteran defense that I believe that they need. If they do that, this is a very, very scary team come playoff time 
People don't pay attention to Florida teams in general, even though the Tampa Bay Lightning have been successful these last several years. I was so, the Ming have been in there for a while now, so shame on you for not paying attention if you're a hockey fan of that. So, anyway, as we come up on 908 and everything going on, real quick, uh, let's just touch on NBA real quick before we get to NFL. I, I really can't wait to get to the NFL and the matchups. But uh, NBA, JT, Michael Jordan's team, the Charlotte Hornets, are 8-3. Mm. Uh, a little surprise to you or – or, or, or maybe you're not as surprised as I am. I don't know. I'm pretty surprised. Uh, what about you? Oh, okay, so this I didn't have them looking this good to start, but I expected uh, a nice leap forward or a lurch forward from these guys. You're looking at a team that is playing the game the way Michael Jordan played the game. Unbelievable defense, efficient offense, and basically fearlessness. Kemba Walker not the biggest guy in the league, averaging a career-high 25.4 points a night in just 32 minutes. Think about that. Uh, his true shooting percentage is 61.9%, which is 10, per- 10 points higher than his career marks. So you've got a guy having a career year. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist should be first-team All-NBA defense. Marvin Williams is having his issues from the field offensively, but is a good, solid defender. He stretches the floor. And Cody Zeller starting to turn into an actually a pretty good NBA center. So you put that defense together, guys like Nick Batoon had a bad year last year. The guy is a stat stuffer. He rebounds. He plays defense. He scores the ball. He passes the ball. He's having a good year. This team is starting to feel – they're starting to feel it. You can see it. They have the confidence. They have the swag of their owner. And it shows on the court, eight and three. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and that's why it's surprising right now with uh, just a couple of minutes, there's three minutes left in the game. They're only up by three over the Pelicans, 103 to 100, uh, even though they put up a 39-point third quarter. It's uh, it's a team that, like, you know, like you said, though, is just uh, they do reflect their owner. They really do. And I think, uh, you know, the whole idea of you pointing out Batum is a good one. He had an off year last year. Everybody has an off year. I've had an off year. Right. Believe it I or mean, not. Batum I mean, was everybody. An all-star in Portland. He was an all-star in Portland. Nick Batum and, did every facet of the game. He had a bad year. You know, going from Portland to Charlotte's got to be a culture shock. And, and first for this guy, you know, kind of getting, feeling his way getting used to his surroundings and getting used to a completely different team that played a completely different style. And like you said, he's having a great year. No doubt. No doubt. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this team continues to grow throughout the year. Uh, you see them as a uh, third seed. Do you see, you see them up staying up there? You see them as a fourth. Young. Seed? Do you see them at the top half? Uh, in other words, uh, no. a three or four seed. They're not going to be a one and a two, but do you think they stay as a three and a four? The one thing that I want to see is how this team plays in the pressure of an actual playoff race, something that they've not really done, uh, at least not with any consistency. I want to see how they play down the stretch. I want to see how they adjust. And the one unfortunate thing for this team is Kemba has had some nicks and injuries over his career. They lose him 
this is a completely different team. So I don't think they have enough depth or enough star power, if you will, up top to be a top four seed, but I can see them getting a six, seven, or an eight. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. That's good. Uh, I I think, uh, well, I've got, I still think Orlando can be in that seven or eight. So um, I think that they'll end up higher because I think that they're still a little bit better than Orlando. Uh, although Orlando's not playing up to potential yet either. Uh, no, and I there's believe. some teams that, like you said, there's some teams up there that, you know, will kick it in as the season goes. I see the top four being teams like Cleveland, Boston, Atlanta, Toronto, Detroit, fighting out for that top four spot. Okay. All right. Getting to football, folks, and everything that is, we have predictions. We have NFL, the game predictions. We got some fantasy. You know, we're coming off of Thursday's game uh, and the Carolina Panthers and the Saints, a game that was uh, correctly picked by uh, myself, yours truly, JT. Uh, We had this game. uh, Kid Kelly missed it, uh, I believe, Tate did too. Yeah, Tate did too. So, um, but uh, you and I nailed this one. And uh, as we look at, at these cost, weeks, though? huh? At what cost for Carolina, though? I mean, how how long is Keekly going to be out? Yeah, yeah. It was sad to see that. That kid was crushed. It really too. was. I mean, yeah. Busy J, I'm sorry. Busy J had the Panthers too. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, no, that kid was crushed. And, uh, well, I, I think Davis will step up nicely, and he, he's capable. He's a little older, but he's still I capable, I, I, I believe, at least. Um, but, no, this week here, we've got some, some great games this week as we take a look at the NFL schedule. And, well, JT, let me ask you something. Let's go first off with the Cardinals Vikings game, and this is a this is a pretty good matchup here. It's uh, two tough teams. Okay, um, mm-hmm. what are you seeing going into this one? Let's uh, I'll, I'll let you start off. Two absolutely enigma of of a team. Both of these, you know, one week Arizona looks like world beaters. The next week they struggle with San Francisco, uh, Minnesota started the season looking like they may be a historical defense after the first four or five weeks and have completely fallen off the map uh, as far as the, the last, say, five weeks of the season. So this is a really tough game for me to pick. Um, I have to go with, you know, trends on this one. I know Minnesota's at home, but it really hasn't done a lot for them recently. It does look like Arizona's starting to get a little bit of their swag back. Matthew being out going to hurt, but not against Minnesota. I don't think – I think Peterson will be able to lock digs down – so I have Arizona winning this game. You know, Minnesota has a uh, has a tough time right now. They just cannot run the ball. There's a and from what I heard this past week, there's a slight rumor that you still might see AP before the end of the year. Now that would be something that they. Pardon me. That guy's a freak. I mean, he's just an absolute physical freak. There's a chance he could come back, folks, and that's that's what's very intriguing if you're a Minnesota fan. One of the things he won't be doing, though, is returning for this game, which still leaves Minnesota with no run game. 
against the Arizona defense that you really don't want to be um, one-dimensional against. Right. And while they're one-dimensional, that's anything that but what Arizona is. And uh, because of that, I will take Arizona in this one. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Now, Buffalo is going to travel into Cincinnati and – Obviously, I just got a good look at the Cincinnati Bengals, and they really aren't uh, that bad. And they're going to come off that game a little angry because I think that they feel that they let that one get away, that they should have had that one. Playing against the Buffalo Bills team that, I'm sorry, I, 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 don't, I don't understand how this team gives uh, the Patriots such fits when they play. You know, it, it's just that kind of team, I guess, that, you know, they match up well, but I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't even see how this is. I don't know. I don't know why. I just can't see this as close. Cincinnati is home, and, and I think this is the kind of game where Cincinnati just blows up Buffalo, folks. I've got Cincinnati big. You know, something you pointed out, uh, a message you made to me last week, which is, Vontez Burfick, probably one of the best linebackers that not a lot of people have got an opportunity to watch. 99 out of 100 times he makes that play that he didn't make in a Giants game. I agree with you. I don't think Cincinnati is as bad for the Bengals as their fans feel it is right now. The sky is not falling. You have a couple good running backs. You've got a great tight end coming back into the mix. You've got one of the best receivers on the outside, and you've got a good defense. I agree completely. Buffalo had a nice little run of upsets earlier in the season, but they've come back to earth. And let's be honest, when you're uh, dependent on a receiver that quit on you in camp and Percy Harvin to start for you this week, that tells yeah. you how desperate your team is. Cincinnati wins. There's a team that really needs Watkins back in the worst, worst way because they really just – they they miss him. They miss him a lot. And uh, there's again, there, there's a guy that might be coming back in the next uh, two weeks is uh, what I'm hearing. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, no, I, I guess I should put you down for the Bengals on that one, sir. Yeah, Cincinnati definitely wins this game. Okay. All right. I clicked my pen wrong. All right. Got you down. Let's see. What do we got here? Oh, look at here. The next one up, the Bears are visiting the Giants. Huh. After you. There are there are guys here that work at FantasyJesterSports.com. Actually, there's a guy in particular that works here. That JT, did you know he's picked each and every one of the Giant games, correct? You know, I've heard the legend of this guy. It's actually becoming kind of Paul Bunyan-esque. I believe he's, yeah, 9-0 and so far on the Giants' picks this year. Uh, just in case, you know, some of you, if you missed it, I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will, uh, I think they're going to lose to Washington. The Giants will lose to Minnesota. Unfortunately, Big Blue, not good. They won't rebound this week either against Green Bay. No, this is the week. Uh, I think that we go ahead and uh, get things back on track. I can see them beating Baltimore. No, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have the firepower. I'm going Giants. In a close one, I really see the uh, – I think the Giants are going to win this one against the Eagles. Monday night, Giants. 
I'm taking the Giants over Cincinnati. I think we got this one. That's the story right now. It is standards, folks. It is scary how much that guy sounds like you. I mean, did you notice that? Some people would actually, if they if they didn't know better, would think it was me. Right. Well, just in case, uh, let me do my best impression of that guy talking. Uh, and let's just say I know the Giants a little. Here's what I've got for you guys. You know, this week, and actually, i got to be honest with uh, all my big blue fans out there, next week against the Browns, these two games, these are the kind of games that scare the hell out of me. Uh, and if you've been a longtime Giants fan, you know exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Games that are no-brainers, they should win this one, no problem. And I know it's going to be one of these two games. I know it's going to be Chicago or it's going to be Cleveland that the Giants actually lose to. And I can't pull the old wall. I'll tell you Saturday on the uh, Jester Show, because this is the Jester Show, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com and Bog Talk Radio. Um, You know, Chicago's going to try and run the ball so that Cutler doesn't have to throw as much to cover up that there's no Alshon Jeffrey. uh, And Cutler's going to have to try and throw to a Meredith, who he doesn't seem to like to throw to for whatever reason. Maybe Meredith has uh, let it be known that he thinks what most of us think, that Jay Cutler is one of the worst quarterbacks out there and one of the biggest overhyped quarterbacks the NFL has seen in quite some time. Um, Or the New York Giants, the uh, heroes team here, and uh, the team that is still in search of a running game and has somehow managed to get this far without one based on the talent of their offense of weapons on the outside. Now, one of the problems is that they're missing one of those weapons in Victor Cruz. Now, will Cruz come back? Not likely this week. There's still, from the last I heard, um, it's not likely. We'll see if that changes tomorrow. But, again, not expecting him, if he does play, not to be 100%. Um, I'm looking at the giant defense doing well enough against Cutler. Boy, it is scary, folks. I'm telling you, it's going to be this game or the Cleveland game. I can see Cleveland being the team that gets. Mm. All right, Giants fans, I'm going to call it. We're home. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. 27 17. Giants win this one against Chicago. Wow. Okay. My, how do you see this game differently? We're talking about Jay Cutler, which uh, Adam Schefter was reporting this past week that 90% or more of the Bears locker room can't stand this guy. They said his preparation is terrible. His work ethic is terrible. His decision-making is terrible. I feel we need Charles Barkley at this point for terrible at this point when we talk about Jay Cutler. The guy's a bum. Anyone that's a Chicago Bears fan, and I know a couple of you out there closely, you hate him. You can't stand him. I've actually heard some new uh, 
colorful metaphors created in reference to Cutler during Bears games. The Giants, unless Bad Eli shows up, and we've seen him once or twice, I don't even see this being close. Cutler has no weapons on the outside. The Giants' defense has been fairly stout against the run for the most part. I think you guys can stack the box and your defensive backs can play man-to-man and have no trouble with the, with the Bears receivers, whether it's Marquise Wilson and mm-hmm. Meredith at this point. You yeah. kick Sterling Shepard outside and you go two tight ends and you get the running game healthy this week. Giants win mm. this game in the laugher. Well, I, I had by 10, but, uh, yeah, no, Jay Cutler is definitely, uh, well, the he best guy. terrible. There it is. He's terrible. Exactly. The guy's a joke. He's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. Um, no, I uh, let's move on. Like I said, uh, the game scares me enough. I've got, I really, JT. I got to be honest. One of these two games. The yeah, Giants trap games are like that. Well, one last thought on your Giants, though. You know how you're winning in spite of not having a running game is they're using Sterling Shepard as your running game, catching these five and six yard patterns as an extension of your running game to move the ball or move the chains. So at least McAdoo is working with what he's got at this point. I'm not a big fan of him yet, but he is working with what he's got. I'm going to, yeah, he's working with what he's got. And hopefully, yeah, you know, here's my greatest wish is that you're right about that whole getting our running game healthy this week. This is the week to do it. We do have a trap game next week. If there was ever a trap game, it's next week because you're going to play Cleveland Browns and you're going to play them. In Cleveland, fine. I really don't care about that. Um, but I do if it's a trap game. See, in a trap well, game, it happens on the road. It happens right. against a weaker opponent. And it usually happens the week before a big game. A big game. Yep. Pittsburgh the yeah, all following the ingredients week. Are there. All the yeah. ingredients are there. And don't sleep on the Browns, guys. Um, my Dolphins slept on the Browns. And if it wasn't for... Cody Shankopotamus Parkey missing three chip shot field goals. Cleveland would have had their first win of the season. Don't sleep on these guys. I want to see, and this is going to tell me a lot on how this week here, going to tell me a lot about how I'm going to pick next week, JT. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see, I want to see a team. I want to see a team that puts away a Chicago team the way that they should. Yeah, if they the can go ahead and beat them soundly. Yeah, with a little killer instinct in this one, okay, I want to see that so that I have some kind of hope that they might have some killer instinct uh, next week. Quite you and simple. I both know, though, if, if good Eli shows up, the one with the pinpoint accuracy and the perfect touch that does from time to time, it's going to be a pinball machine. You guys are going to run that score up. And speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they get their crack this week at Cleveland, <laughs> which is always a fantastic matchup, one that never, never goes by the record. No. Your turn. No. I took the Giants well, on the last one. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's got to be smarting off the way they lost that game last week to go down, punch the ball in the end zone, 
with, what, just a touch over a minute left and then have the Red Sea open up and Zeke runs the ball from 30-plus yards out untouched. Um, Disgusting. Got to be smarting. Got to be smarting from that. Roethlisberger looked marketably better than he did the week before. Seemed like he had a nice rhythm going. The key to this game, and I'm going to throw a fantasy guy out there. I said him last week. I'll say him again this week. Eli Rogers is getting targeted and targeted often, and I believe he's the difference in this game. I think it'll be close-ish, 7 to 10 points, but I believe Pittsburgh wins. Hmm. You think it's going to be close. That's the you just said something interesting there. I mean, close, huh? Cleveland play Cleveland play it's a rivalry game. I look at the the Steelers Browns kind of like I do a Michigan Ohio State or a Florida Georgia, Florida Florida State. Those rivalry games, it just seems like guys get up for that and I don't believe Pittsburgh has the defensive backfield to stick Coleman. I think Coleman's going to have a big game. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be really close at all. And even though that, yeah, usually with these two teams, record doesn't matter. I think, I think the bitter taste of last week's game, that's the kind of thing that he will use, okay, as a coach to get Pittsburgh going. Fair enough. This is going to be- Fair enough. Yeah, no, this is going to be a fired-up Pittsburgh team. I, I got Pittsburgh, and it's not even close, folks. Let me ask you this. So, I'm not trying to change your mind here. We know that is impossible mm-hmm. to happen. But, yeah. A, Hugh Jackson, as the OC in Cincinnati, I understand different personnel, but has always schemed Pittsburgh when they had good defenses very well. Now we're looking at a Pittsburgh defense that's got to be in the mid to low 20s overall. This isn't mm. your father's Pittsburgh Steelers. I know their offense is strong. Their defense is horrid. Yeah, but There's you know no what we're getting ready for? There's no one like that to bail them out. You, you, you know what we're getting ready for? The Antonio Brown show. Oh, I expect Antonio Brown will do his thing. I expect Eli Rogers to do his thing. And obviously, Le'Veon Bell is going to be Le'Veon Bell. I just right. think Terrell Pryor... Big receivers give Pittsburgh trouble. Speed receivers give Pittsburgh trouble. I give hmm. Pittsburgh trouble on defense at this point. So I also wow. think Duke Johnson's going to have a big game out of the backfield. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think it'll be close. You got it a little closer than I do. Let's uh, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going. And uh, well, we got the hapless. Bucks, you never know what to expect from that team. One minute they can look good, one minute they look crappy. Against the Chiefs, it's a not a good not a, not a good time because the Chiefs are uh, they they're getting well they they got Smith now and they got the backfield and, and I'm going to tell you right now the biggest thing they're not going to miss Macklin. No. They're not going to miss Macklin because, first of all, they really don't throw all that much deep. So, I, I to have a deep guy, Hill is going to be their deep guy now. And to me, he's probably better than Macklin at this point. I don't know. That's the way I see it, at least. Um, so, I can see them running. 
I could see them throwing. I, I could see them doing that without any trouble whatsoever. And conversely, I see a pretty tough to keep up with a scoring team offense in Tampa Bay. Down, they, it, listen, even when VJAX was there and fine and healthy, there still wasn't overly talented wide receiving core. Yeah, you know, Mike Evans is great on the days that he decides to play. He's average on the days that he doesn't. And then you had an aging VJAX on the other side, okay? And, and a running game that just is struggling to find continuity because they keep having to change it back. Now Martin might be back. Maybe they'll get a little something there out of him this week. But I, I, I that Buccaneer defense just scares me against uh, an Andy Reid team that is always uh, always prepared. I, I like Andy Reid's teams because more times than not, they seem prepared and they're home. So I'm going Casey in this one, folks. I don't see any reason to take Tampa personally. In my uh, Bob Uecker moment of the week, Tyreek Hill, the leading wide receiver of the Kansas City Chiefs. No one's picking this guy up in fantasy. In case you haven't noticed, this guy's caught 31 out of 42 targets this year. He's their most talented receiver, and he can take it to the house on any given play. Now, the Kansas City defense isn't going to give Jameis Winston 21 seconds to throw the football like the Bears defense did last year on one particular play. I think Kelsey Mm. has a big day. I think Tyreek Hill has a big day. And I also like how they kind of work Spencer Ware in a little bit last week. Not as much as I thought they would, but I think they Mm -hmm. work him back in. He's 100% ready to go this week. And the Chiefs are just, even when they're losing by 17 points in the fourth quarter, they're winning games. They're a tough team to beat, especially at home. Kansas City wins this. You know, it's it's interesting what you said, too, about where. I I don't think they have an answer for him either. I I just don't think they have an answer for any of the uh, Kansas City. But what happened to Levante David? I mean, this guy was a Pro Bowl linebacker for a couple years, and he's absolutely vanished this year. Well, hold on, and before we get to get to him, I'll, I'm going to answer that in a second, okay? Uh, before we get to him, one of the things that you uh, pointed out was uh, Tyreek Hill, okay? Folks, last week, no Macklin. He was targeted 13 times. He caught 10 of them. No Macklin. Expect the same, first of all. And expect the same against a putrid secondary uh, uh, of Tampa Bay. There's no question. No question. Okay. Well, now, if you allow me, Jester, if you allow me yeah, real yeah. quick, I just want to throw one shot over someone's bow since we're talking Buccaneers. Um, it's good to see Matthew Barry's figured out Tyreek Hill four weeks after we talked about him. So it's good to see Matthew Barry finding a guy and, you know, starting to talk about him finally. <laughs> Whoops. Did you go there? Oh, I went there. Apparently he didn't, but I did. Very interesting because, you know, um, well, again, that's not the first time, folks. And for those of you who listen, the guys out there now are giving you watered down, really, truly watered down crap. Okay. And 
that's what they can give you. They can get away with it. They've got a couple of seconds on TV and they can get away with it. And because they give you the watered down crap, it's uh it's a lot easier to sound decent. And, and you know, here's the crazy part. They give you the watered down crap and they're still wrong half the time. I, I, that's what I don't get. <laughs> you know, uh, as far as Levante David, okay. He is finally starting to, uh, Get, he, he started slow. He started the season. He had a little bit of problems. And um, I'm not sure if there wasn't some sort of an injury that was bothering him. Because now, all of a sudden, you know, last week he had eight tackles. Seven of them were solo. All right. <laughs> and one and a half of them for a loss. A pass defended. He was all over the field and starting to look more and more like himself. He just looked a little slow. You know, and, and that was his season high in tackles. Uh this past week so, right and we're looking at a guy that averaged 11 or more total tackles a game it seemed like the year before the couple years before that so maybe you're right maybe there was an injury or something else that we didn't know about but it just seems like this guy the defense goes as this guy goes for tampa him and mccoy are the catalyst that's that it seemed like the step i, I i'm willing to bet it was something in the legs and uh, that had him going because that step I mean, he he's now he's got five tackles behind the line of scrimmage this season, which isn't bad, but it's still you expect a little bit more out of him, and I, I think you're going to see that progress uh, over these uh, next couple of weeks. But uh, not well enough for this game here. Definitely Kansas City, Baltimore, Dallas, folks. What do you got, JT? Yeah, this is a fun game. If Baltimore could ever get healthy on defense at the same time, they really could have a scary defense. I haven't heard whether he's out, but I have heard that Mosley uh, was downgraded earlier in the week. If you don't have a strong middle linebacker to stop Ezekiel Elliott in that running game, Dallas is going to have a field day with you. I think even with Mosley, he's obviously not 100% if he does play. I still think Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott continue on. I think Dallas is going to win this game. Interesting, interesting. You know what? And I'm going to pick this one real quick uh, just so I can get to a point that I want to ask you. Uh, you got Dallas, and you know what? So do I. I just don't think Dallas is one of the more balanced teams offensively mm-hmm. um, from a running pass standpoint and a, a balanced team from an offense to defense standpoint, one of the more balanced teams in the league. Um, but my, I'm going to ask you this. It is week 17. It is week 17 and they've clinched home field advantage. There's nothing to play for. Do you rest Dak Prescott? And bring in Romo so that he plays against an Eagle team. And on that last game, do you put Romo in there to rest Prescott? You don't get an injury and risk the whole, let's say Romo blows up the Eagles, which is likely that he'll, he can do. Okay. Say he blows up the Eagles. Now you're going to have a controversy going into the playoffs. Should you go with the guy with the experience and now see what he just showed? My question, JT, is this. Week 17, you've clinched everything there is to clinch. Do you sit Prescott? 
I do not. I, I don't mess with the momentum. I don't mess with the chemistry. I don't mess with any of that. I don't want to start, as you said, a quarterback controversy either by bringing in Romo. I also don't want to take a chance that Romo gets hurt in that game because who knows how strong that back is? Who knows how strong that collarbone is? Romo's been an absolute professional about this. He said he's willing to back up Prescott. Uh, you know, class act as always. I don't think Romo gets mm-hmm. enough credit for that. But mm-hmm. I don't mess with that momentum. And, I mean, we don't have enough information on what kind of coach Jason Garrett is as far as sitting players because Dallas really hasn't been in that position. Gary Jones, though, the only constant in this, if you go back and look at the 90s Cowboys, I remember several times where he refused to sit Emmett, refused to sit Aikman. He didn't want to mess with the chemistry or the momentum. And I don't think that they would here either. Last year for Romo in Dallas? Unfortunately, unless he's willing to accept a backup job, I think it is. Okay. So let me ask you, of these next three places – I'm going to qualify each one first and what I see. Which one is a likely scenario? Jay Cutler gone in Chicago. Romo goes to Chicago. Romo goes to Cleveland. Romo goes, because <laughs> this is a t- typical team move like this, Romo goes to the Jets. Which one of those three teams are you betting that if he is not with the Dallas Cowboys next year, he will be the starting quarterback for? Well, he's a, he has a uh, starting quarterback in college in the state of Illinois, so he's got a little bit of a roots there, if you will. I think mm-hmm. John Fox is his kind of coach. I think the Bears, obviously, if we're talking complete health here, I think the Bears are closer to being a team that could contribute or be in the playoffs than either the Jets or the Browns are. So I don't see him going to a team like the Browns that are rebuilding. I think he would go to the team that has the best shot to make the playoffs, and that would be the Bears. Interesting. Okay. I just had to see what you had to say on that one. I Personally, I think he's going to end up in Denver. No. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's going there. No, you know what? Honestly, I can see him in a Jet uniform. That is something typical that the Jets would do. They would go it ahead, is. draft Bryce, Bryce Petty, Hackenberg, and then go out and go get Romo. That is a Jet move. Well, don't forget now. Wait a minute. Don't forget Glassjaw Gino in the mix there, too, now. Come on. Glassjaw won't be there next year, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, and I have that from somebody there. So. Oh, all right. Jags Detroit. <laughs> The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Detroit Lions in a matchup that nobody's really going to watch. No, I'm only kidding. People will watch that. They got parents, I'm sure. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm impressed that you're still living in your current home after your selection last week uh, in the Jaguars game. So, you know, I am impressed that you've been able to stay in in your home after the secret against Mrs. Jester's Jags. She didn't you know you. the secret? Yeah. She was busy this week. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on with the holidays coming up. And uh, she did not listen to last week's podcast. And uh, 
really hasn't had time to. And uh, so now I'll just go ahead. If she has time to listen to one of the podcasts, it'll be this one. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I will keep her from this one too, because I still (laughs) don't, I think, (laughs) yeah, you know, I still don't think, okay, here's the thing. I don't think that the team and I love you, Jaguars. I do. It's Mrs. Chester's team. I, I love the guys. I met a bunch of these guys. They were all super. There wasn't an asshole in the bunch, okay? They were really great guys to talk to. Gus Bradley, one of the nicest men that uh, he really, great guy. We had a lot of fun talking, and I think that's his problem. His problem is is that he's too nice of a guy. He is too much of a player's coach, and there is such a thing, folks. And I just don't think that this team will pick up and go uh, for, for a Gus Bradley. They're going to have to get somebody in there. And what it is is it's real simple. You have a young team. A young team needs a little bit of discipline to keep them in line to get those young bucks going and and challenging them if you're sitting there constantly making mistakes like he did where the team just got done playing one of their worst quarters and he's making excuses for that quarter he's not getting in their ass enough and that's exactly what this young team needs because let me tell you something i saw them I saw them firsthand. This is a very talented team. This is a very fast team. I saw the I saw firsthand as I went to the camps this or this uh, season, guys. I took a look at the training camps uh, and went to the Jaguars, went to Miami, went to Tampa Bay, and when I was at Tampa Bay, Cleveland was there too. And the fastest team I saw of those four, by far, was the Jaguars. This team should be much better than they're doing now. And unfortunately, it's a very nice man's fault. I see Detroit winning this as as Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to tank this season. They'll have another top pick to add to a very talented team for the next coach next year. I've got Detroit. You know, looking at this game over the last couple of weeks, the Jags and uh, Red, or, you know, Blake Bortles have realized, wait a minute, we've got a guy that was a Pro Bowl receiver last year, Allen Robinson. Let's throw him the football. Robinson's had a nice uptick, and any of you who have him in fantasy have been enjoying that over the last couple of weeks. Um, the problem with the Jags team is not their offense to me. Well, their offensive line is a problem, but their biggest problem is their defense. The same defense that they spent two very high draft picks on, a lot of money in free agency, and they're not getting any bang for their buck. This year for Detroit, it's either been Marvin Jones Jr.'s been on fire and Golden Tate's been quiet, or vice versa. I think this is the week where both guys go off. Eric Ebron's been a really good tight end in the middle, getting five or six catches a game. Stafford's flinging the ball. He's playing for a contract. And Theo Reddick's deadly out of the backfield. I think Detroit wins this game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Not even a question. 
which I didn't want to spend much time on it other than talking about the Jags because, you know, they are the home team here. Anyway, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Tennessee traveling to Indy. JT, start us off on this one. Uh, Marcus Mariota has probably been one of the hottest quarterbacks in football over the last six games. Um, his worst game of the year, though, was week seven against the Colts of all teams. I don't see a repeat of that this week. I think DeMarco Murray has a nice game, threw a touchdown, ran for another last week. Seems like Delaney Walker is absolutely unstoppable when he's healthy. And look out, Colts, he's healthy. Mariota's clicking. I don't see the Colts having enough to win this game, and I see uh, Tennessee winning after hanging 47 last week against the Packers. Against the Packers? Isn't that your new favorite team, right? Oh, yeah, I love I love that team. I wrote them off last week, two weeks ago, and that's where they're staying. That's funny. That is uh, that is funny. No, all right, so you got Tennessee in this one. Gotcha. Um, you know, I take a look at this, and first of all, again, I, I, as a big, you know, if you've got uh, the running game and you've got a, a, a control of the clock and the control of the tempo and all that stuff. And they do here. Uh, but besides that, you mentioned, and you kind of alluded to Delaney Walker. Now folks, you got to understand this isn't your regular tight end kind of play here. Delaney Walker is along the lines of a Gronk. And as a matter of fact, he actually gets more targets than Gronk at times. Uh, just the last two games alone, he's been targeted 20 times, caught 14 of them for a total of 166 yards and two touchdowns. He is their goal line person. He is who is going to get the ball uh, in the end zone. He is the red zone target. And Indianapolis has given up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. So, uh, you know, a little uh, King's Ransom fool's gold. There's your King's yeah. Ransom this week uh, uh, in this matchup is definitely Delaney Walker again as he continues his march to be one of the best, if not – the best when he's healthy, tight end along with Gronkowski. I will take Tennessee as I see Indy's defense is just suspect. You, me, and a couple of the guys, uh, we could grow, go grab Hound Dog Renegade, and we could probably put points up no problem against this Indy defense. I want to go to this game here because there's a lot of talk uh, from the Miami fans that – they're a little scared that the Dolphins and the Dolphin fans are overlooking the Rams. So going to right to a Miami Dolphin fan himself, JT, how do you feel about your game against the Rams? And is this the type of game that maybe the Dolphins can overlook? Well, let me just say this to all you Dolphin fans out there, and I'm one of you. We have no business overlooking any team with our track record over the last two decades. So let's, let's get that straight now. Here's the problem for me. My pick changed today. I was ready to select Miami for this game. What scares me is Mike Pouncey's probably not going to play. Brandon Albert, our left tackle, may play with a broken wrist, may not play at all. We're going to have all kinds of trouble with Aaron Donald up the middle. This is the kind of game mm-hmm. where Tannehill's going to get beaten, battered, and possibly turn the ball over like he hasn't done the last four games. And let's be honest, we didn't run the ball like we have without Pouncey. The Rams have a 
brand new quarterback in this game, which kind of evens things out for me. You know, I'm not a big uh, believer in the quarterback like Goff in his first game. I think Cameron Wake has a field day with him. In a defensive struggle, I see a 10-6 game, but I am going to lean towards Miami because it is the rookie's first game at quarterback. So Miami 10-6. to You know, it's very interesting, too, is uh, there's – there's some people who have wondered, you know, what's up with Goff and all that, and why isn't he playing? And here's an opportunity for a kid that, you know, is going to go against a team that, like you said, is – I think they can be had. I think there's a false sense of security as to how well that they've been doing. I think Pouncey, the loss of Pouncey cannot be understated. It just, it just can't be. Understated. Now, my we question is this. We haven't won a game this. without him this year. Yeah, and exactly. And my question is going to be, you know, how, what is Tannehill going to do? Is is this where you see, is, it, is he due for a couple turnovers? And he is due for turnovers. And Pouncey's missing. And here, here's the player to watch. You know, while they say, you know, Goff really – from every report, is still not ready. Now, I have no idea how or why. I mean, either this kid might be, uh, you know, a mental moron and, and really uh, sits there and tries to fit the round peg in the square hole uh, and, and is reading on a kindergarten level, or really there's just a personality problem maybe with the coach. It just seems funny that this kid all of a sudden doesn't have enough talent to play quarterback. And and I wonder how much of it is possibly a personality clash between him and Jeff Fisher. And Fisher feels that, hey, you know, you shouldn't have this kind of an attitude. You're not, you're not anybody yet, kid. And I could see something like that rubbing him the wrong way. Here's who I can see having a big game. Remember one thing, Goff can still throw the ball. Kenny Britt has been doing rather well lately. He is one of the he is their top go-to guy, okay? And now you're going to be facing a Miami defense that lets up the eighth most points to fantasy receivers. So I can see Britt being a very nice play in this game. Gurley still hasn't gotten it going, okay, and it just seems struggling. Ever will. Matter of fact, matter of fact, guess what? You're going to see a, probably an equal amount of touches with Benny Cunningham, who's showing Benny. Uh, good old Benny Cunningham showing that he yeah. uh, a little bit more than Gurley has been showing, which is a shame. And when you got Jeff Fisher calling out and saying Gurley has a lack of vision, I mean, you know. He has no vision, which is why he's averaging 3.1 yards a carry this season. So, yeah, I agree with you. Good call on Ben Cunningham. Plus, he's an accomplished receiver out of the backfield, which could be a nice safety valve for Goff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I am going to go Rams on this one, folks. I'm sorry. And, uh, as we're trying to catch up, we've got a little bit of time left. I think I can speak safely for JT, and please correct me if I'm wrong on the next pick. New England, San Francisco. I'd say San Francisco is uh, going to get their butt kicked. Yeah, go New England. 
Yeah, New England. I'm not even going to waste time on that, folks. Uh, I'm sorry. You New England fans, sorry. I just can't waste time on that one. That's ridiculous. Uh, they're going to wipe the streets with San Francisco. The streets of San Francisco. Oh. Um, but here is the matchup, the 4 o'clock games, folks. And this is the one that most of America is going to be watching because it is the best game of the 4 o'clock. Is Philadelphia on the road to Seattle. <laughs> JT? I love it. Pete Carroll pulls another classic Pete Carroll. Hey, the guy that led us for six weeks in rushing, goodbye. You're the weakest link. See you, Christine Michael. C.J. Proseis is exactly what they needed in that offense. He runs the ball just as well as he catches the ball. It's, a, it's something that Russell Wilson has needed. The offense is clicking with him in there. Philadelphia has been stout. They're a good team but I don't think that Carson Wentz has played against the secondary that he's going to be seeing this week. Seattle wins. You know, one of the things that's absolutely crazy, folks, and so that you have an idea here how it works at FantasyJesterSports.com and the Fantasy Jester Show, it's not just what I'm going to bring you. You know, once upon a time before the season started, um, there was a person telling me, and he seems to do this before season start. Before football season started, he told me, keep an eye on ProSize in the uh, Seattle backfield. This kid's going to be special. And, and the same guy who told me that before football season, before baseball season, had this to say. I, I, have, a, I have a question for you, Jim. And this is a jump in the gun, but I'd really like your perspective on this. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be? Folks, before the season started, my co-host asked that very question. Before the season started, my co-host asked who would be the matchup, and mentioned the matchup that ended up being in the World Series. He's mentioned ProSize. I'm giving you the Giants. We're giving you fantasy picks. I mean, there's nothing – you just keep listening, okay? And do me a favor. Start keeping scorecard at home on how many things that JT and I hit on and that we give you, folks. We give you things before the season starts. We give you things during the season. And it doesn't matter where, when, what sport. It doesn't matter. This is where you need to go. This is why this podcast keeps growing. All the podcasts keep growing, okay? And you know what? Here's one for you folks, okay? I'm going to go Seattle too. And in the Monday night game, I'm going to go against JT's favorite team and go Washington because Washington is getting ready to make a run. JT, are you going to go with Green Bay one more time? No, no, I don't go with Green Bay ever again. I go Washington, and I know we're hurting on time. I got Oakland yeah. beating Houston as well. You got Oakland beating Houston, okay, and I actually have Houston beating Oakland. Folks, real quick, JT, get me your best King's Ransom. Our Marcus Mariota is my start of the week this week. Uh, like I said, on fire. He's the guy that I think is going to put up serious points this week. Marcus Mariota, King's Ransom. King's Ransom. Okay. My King, King's Ransom, I'm going to go with, hmm, I'm going to go with 
a man that, you know what, they're hurting up for New England. They're hurting in a couple of spots outside. I'm going to go with a guy who has yet to make an impact this year. I am going to go D on Lewis as your guy to watch. Oh, nice pick. King's, nice pick. King's ransom this week against a weak San Francisco team, folks. I'm the Fantasy Jester. This has been the Fantasy Jester Show. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in to all the podcasts. We love you. Take care.